Thank you. God bless you indeed. Would you take your Bibles, my friends, and turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 21. Gospel of Matthew, chapter 21. Our theme today is Tremendous Truths from Jesus' Jesus's Triumphant Entry. The Sunday before Easter is called Palm Sunday. It marks the Sunday when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a young donkey, accompanied by his disciples and many other people. As Jesus entered the city, a lot of people cut branches from the nearby trees, palm branches. They waved them and they also spread them on the road. They spread the garments as Jesus was approaching and basically they gave Jesus a royal welcome. His entry into Jerusalem is and has regularly been called the triumphant entry. And in a moment we're going to focus on a few tremendous truths from Jesus's entry into Jerusalem. Truths that can really impact your life and mine. Let's see what happened as we read from Matthew 21, beginning at verse 1. As Jesus and the disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethphage on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into the village over there, he said. As soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey tied there with its colt beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks what you are doing, just say, the Lord needs them, and he will immediately let you take them. This took place to fulfill the prophecy that said, tell the people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. The two disciples did as Jesus commanded. They brought the donkey and the colt to him and threw their garments over the colt, and he sat on it. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people all around him were shouting, Praise God for the Son of David. Blessings, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in highest heavens. The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Who is this? they asked. And the crowds replied, It's Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. My friends, focus with me on some of the incredible truths from this passage of Scripture. And the first one is this. The first one is, be open and be obedient to what the Lord asks you to do. This, of course, comes from the fact that in verse 2, Jesus says to the uh, disciples, go into the village over there. As soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey tied there and its colt beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. And then in verse 6, it says, the two disciples did as Jesus commanded. Obviously, Jesus asked these two disciples to go and get him a donkey and a colt, the younger donkey which had never been ridden before. 
And as I reflect upon what transpired here, I basically said to myself that there are times, there, there are times when the Lord directs you and me, he directs us to do simple things, as was the case here. Oftentimes the Lord asks and direct us, directs us to do simple things which we might consider to be donkey business, right? For example, there are times when someone needs a ride to church and you can provide that ride. There are times when someone needs a ride to a hospital or a doctor's appointment and you can be the one that will bless them and help meet that need. On occasion, the Lord might direct you to babysit for a mother that desperately needs a hand, that desperately needs someone to take care of her precious baby while she goes to do some errands that otherwise could not be done, would never be done. And so as I think of this truth of the need for us to be open and obedient to what the Lord asks us to do, I see that it can apply to you and me in so many different areas in life. Another example is most of us know that we have Sunday school classes here at Rosewood Church of the Nazarene. We have Sunday school in the morning starting at 9.30 a.m. One of those Sunday school classes is, is a grades five and six class. Jenny is an excellent volunteer teacher for that class, and she is a wonderful blessing to those boys and girls. But I want you to know that we need a second volunteer teacher for our grades five and six Sunday school class. We have a policy of having at least two teachers for every class, and we need another outstanding, wonderful, loving, committed, caring teacher that will invest himself or herself in these boys and girls on Sunday mornings at 9.30. And so the question is, who is it going to be? Who is it going to be? I believe the Lord is going to speak to some man, some woman, some adult about helping to teach our grade 5 and 6 class Sunday mornings. Amen? You're going to work with Jenny, an experienced teacher as she is. And so I want to ask you to write me a note. I want to ask you to write me a note when the Lord speaks to you and write me a note and say, Pastor, I, I will help teach the grades 5 and 6 class with Jenny. And we will take you through what we call plan to protect. And uh, Jenny will help train you through her wonderful experience. And you will experience the blessings of spiritually investing in the lives of these marvelous boys and girls, grades five and six. Sometimes we call them preteens. So be open. Be open and be obedient to what the Lord might ask you to do. Amen? If you look in your church bulletin, you will see that half-page insert that tells you that our goal for world missions by the end of April is $60,000. We spoke of it earlier in the service, and you saw it on the big screen. And to date, we, uh, we have received nearly 24000 Now, all of you are intelligent enough to know that in order, in order for us to meet our goal of $60,000 for world missions by the end of April... You are wise enough to know that that means all of us are going to have to give generously in these weeks ahead. Amen? Right? And so, I want to encourage us, invite us, I want to invite you to prayerfully say, Lord, 
What would you like me to give towards world missions during this Easter season? What would you like me to give, Lord? Some of you, some of you will be getting some very generous, very generous income tax returns. And I smile as I say that because I'm happy for you. And that is going to help you, help you give even more generously for world missions. Amen? Amen, Raven? Yes, indeed. And so, be open and obedient to what the Lord asks you to do. There's a second beautiful truth that comes to my mind as I think of Jesus' triumphant entry, and it is this. Read it from the big screen. Be assured that what the Lord asks you to do, he will make it possible for you to do. And this truth came to my mind right out of verse 3, where Jesus is speaking, and he says, if anyone asks what you are doing, just say, the Lord needs them, and he will immediately let you take them. Now, it's possible when, when Jesus asked the two disciples to get the donkeys, they could have wondered about the owner. They, uh, they, they might have wanted to say, Jesus, you know, like if we go do this, the owner might shoot us. It's not a good idea, Jesus. He might kill us for stealing his donkeys. But Jesus says to them, just say, the Lord needs them. The Lord needs the donkeys. Had Jesus made some prearrangements with the donkey owner? Had he made some prearrangement using the words, the Lord needs them? Did Jesus miraculously arrange for the donkey owners to let Jesus borrow the animals? We don't know. We don't know exactly how Jesus worked that out. But what we do know is Jesus had made it possible for them to pick up those donkeys to be used for Jesus' purpose. And the point is simply this. Be assured that what the Lord asks you to do he will make it possible for you to do. Do you get it? Yeah. Amen? Amen? What a marvelous truth. Here's a third tremendous truth. It is incredible to think. It is incredible to think that what the Lord might ask you to do is a part of a grand plan which he started years ago. Now stick with me, stick with me, because in all my years of preaching from this passage, this truth has never occurred to me in this fashion. Pastor Lisa, I don't know why this didn't hit me years ago, all right? And I didn't read it in anyone's book, no commentary anywhere. I'm hoping it came straight from heaven, all right? But this truth uh, came to my mind out of, out of verse 4 and 5, where it says, this took place to fulfill the prophecy. This took place, that is, the matter of Jesus, Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. This, place, this took place to fulfill the prophecy that said, tell the people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. Now these words are a prophecy from Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, written around 480 years B.C. Now think about this. 
God started the plan of Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a donkey about 500 years earlier. Reflect on that. This, this truth, like I say, never occurred to me until I, I was working on this point. I mean, I've known it, it was a prophecy, but I thought, God started to work on this plan hundreds of years earlier, the, the details of Jesus riding on a donkey. And I thought, you know what? How is it that very often we might not even be aware of the fact that God starts starts to, to do something in us and through us that we never, we never really knew that he was behind it all, even though it may have started years back. I, I remember, for example, when I was, I think it was grade four or grade five, my teacher, my teacher asked me to write a speech, to write a speech and to compete in our school's public speaking contest. Well, I had never thought of doing that. I, was, I never thought I was a public speaker, and I was a little kid. And, 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 but I remember my teacher asked me to write whatever it was. Actually, it was kind of a story on my Uncle Steve that I wrote the speech on. And uh, to my surprise, at that point, to when we had the public speaking contest, uh, I, was, I was totally surprised to discover that I won the competition. It so happened that I won it. I was given a nice trophy, and I went to the Ontario public speaking uh, competition, whatever it was called back then. And I, I, never, I never thought, I never thought of it before this week. As I said to myself, is it possible, is it possible that the teacher who got me involved in the schools and provinces' public speaking competitions, is it possible that that was a part of God's will and God's plan preparing me as a little kid to eventually one day be a pastor, to speak not only in churches like ours, but to speak in so many other, other events and weddings and funerals and other churches and circumstances. Now, I want you to think about this because it's possible that you never thought of this as it pertains to your life. It is incredible to think, what? That what the Lord might ask you to do is a part of a grand plan which he started years ago. Amen? Here's a fourth truth that strikes me as I read this passage, and it is this. Number four, Jesus came to be your king and mine. Verse five says, tell the people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. He is not a foreign king or someone else's king. Notice, he wants to be your king, your king, and he comes to you. One of my uh, favorite Christmas carols says, Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her 
king. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing. Uh, another hymn with the title, Lead Me to Calvary, and singers like George would know this so well. This other hymn starts by saying, King of my life, I crown thee now. King of my life, I crown thee now. It's a beautiful hymn. But it really talks about Jesus being king of your life and mine. And so we need to ask ourselves this important question today. Have you made, a, have, have I made, have we made, have you made Jesus truly the king of your life? The ultimate manager the one that really rules your life so that you say, Jesus, your will be done in my life. He came, as the Bible says, to be your king, your king. And so I invite you to make a choice and decision today to say, Jesus, I make you the ruler of my life, king of kings, lord of lords. Amen? And then, my friends, I want you to notice that Jesus came to bring you peace. Ushers, if you could prepare the children to come in a moment. Jesus came to bring you and me peace. And this, of course, comes from verse 5, uh, where it says, He, Jesus, is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. The fact that Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey is very symbolic and very significant. You see, in the Middle East, in that first century and for hundreds of years earlier, when a king rode into a city or town on a horse, it was a sign that he was going there in war. It was a war sign. When a king rode into a city on a donkey, it meant it meant he was coming in peace. One Bible scholar says this. He says, so when Jesus claimed to be king, he claimed, this is beautiful, he claimed to be the king of peace. He showed that he came not to destroy, but to love. Not to condemn, but to help. Not in the might of arms, but in the strength of love. Jesus came to bring us peace. And I want you to think of the different ways in which he came to bring us peace. He came to bring peace inside of us. John 16, verse 33, Jesus says, you may have peace in me, peace in your own heart. John 14, 27 says, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give, so don't be troubled or afraid. Amen. May the Lord give this beautiful peace to you in terms of whatever you are going through in your life. But he also wants to give us peace with God, peace with God. Romans chapter 5 verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, faith in Jesus, 
We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Amen? And not only that, we have peace. We can have peace with other people. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14, 16, and 17 tells us, For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jesus and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross and our hostility toward each, toward each other was put to death. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him and peace to the Jews who were near. That talks about peace with other people. And Jesus came also to bring peace during tough times. At a very difficult time, Jesus said to the disciples in John's Gospel, chapter 20, verse 19, Jesus said, peace be with you. May the Lord bring peace to you in all of these ways and many more. And then, my friends, think upon this sixth truth in closing. Jesus is worthy of your praise, respect, honor, praise, and worship. Amen. This certainly comes out from verses 7 and following where we read, They brought the donkey and the colt, to him and threw their garments over the colt, and he sat on it. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people all around him were shouting, Praise God for the Son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in highest heaven. The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Who is this? they asked. And the crowds replied, it's Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. It's Jesus. He is the one worthy of respect, honor, praise, and worship. So here you are, my friends, some tremendous truths from Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem. Be open and obedient to what the Lord asks you to do. Be assured that the Lord, what the Lord asks you to do, he will make it possible for you to do. Think about, think about the fact that it could be that years ago he started something in your life, a grand plan, to bring you to this point in time in your life. And as the boys and girls sing today, oh, I ask you, I ask you to pose this question to yourself. Have you made Jesus king of your life? Make him king of your life. And say, Lord, I'm thankful for the peace that you're able to bring me. God bless you. God bless you.